love poetry that deals with the soul. I'm fascinated by its complexities and the way that we cope with discomfort and overwhelming excitement. Our emotions are as ever-changing as the tide, and each person experiences them through a unique frame of mind and a combination of personality and experience. And yet, being human, we all started out the same way, helpless and vulnerable, slaves to our body and soul. The Soul Has Bandaged Moments by Emily Dickinson The soul has bandaged moments when too appalled to stir. She feels some ghastly fright come up and stop to look at her, salute her with long fingers, caress her freezing hair, sip goblin from the very lips the lover hovered over, unworthy that a thought so mean a cost a themed so fair. The soul has moments of escape when bursting all the doors. She dances like a bomb abroad and swings upon the hours. As do the bee, delirious born, long dudgeoned from his rose, touch liberty then know no more but noon in paradise. The souls were taken moments when felon let alone, with shackles on the plumed feet and staples in the song. The horror welcomes her again. These are not braid of tongue. This poem is dated back to 1845, when Emily Dickinson would have been around 15 years old. Being a young woman myself, it doesn't surprise me that she wrote a poem about bandaged moments, because for a teenage girl, there are plenty of those to write about. The soul is often kept quiet, tamed by self-control, or self-consciousness, but in this poem, Dickinson describes the other side of the story. The moments when we let our soul free, when our emotions are untamed and uncontrolled by our own self-consciousness. This picture of setting the soul free, letting it escape, reminds me of how we naturally cope with our emotions and the circumstances we are faced with. This escape can take many forms, and Dickinson uses abstract images from nature and law to create a mental picture of the feelings that arise. It leads me to wonder what this looks like in our own lives, almost two centuries later. Crying, screaming, pacing, singing, these escapes don't really change our situation, and sometimes they even put us in circles. But even though escaping can't fix the problem, it doesn't enable us it does enable us to cope, process, and respond to whatever comes our way. It's a necessary part of being human. Nowadays, when people think of escape, they feel ashamed because it seems cowardly, like hiding or distracting from the discomfort, rather than facing it head on. Our emotions are the most vulnerable side of who we are. It's a sacred space that very few people get to see from another person. Writing about this vulnerability in a poem is like crying out from the hilltops with a message that says, it's okay, you just let it out, y'all go through it, in the midst of whatever ghastly fright that comes up. Dickinson tells a story with her poetry, and she often leaves her readers frustrated or pondering over what the poem could possibly mean. She employs a quote on a quote-unquote playful but potent sense of indirection. 
Just after presenting this carefree image of liberty, noon in paradise, she takes the poem on a dreadful turn right back to where it started. The horror welcomes her again. The focus not on the bandaged moments, but on the retaken moments, back to the shackles and plumed feet. I've yet to know what she means at the end when she says, these are not braid of tongue. This element of mystery and wonder leads me to believe that, perhaps, the bandaged moment is really in the escape, not, and it doesn't change the circumstance, but it covers the vulnerability and protects it until it heals. <laughs>